Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Hey, it's your girl Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You, the podcast where I share with you all my musings about Black history, Black culture, and Black spirituality. Happy Kwanzaa, y'all! Yay! Um, it's one of my favorite times of the year. We're celebrating Kwanzaa Habaragani. Today's principle is Kujijakalia, or self-determination. And rather than the podcast today being about news and stuff that drives you down, I want to get on my soapbox a little bit about cultural symbols themselves, about Kwanzaa, its growing practice, and Kujijakalia in particular. Are you ready? Let's just jump right in. So... (laughs) We're ending this year, 2021, with increasing cases of COVID, greater threats um, to American so-called democracy, economic instability, rumors of war, so on and so forth. There's so much going on in this world that it it can distract us from the goodness that life is. And so I want to pause a little bit now that we're towards the end of the year. By the time you hear my voice again, what will be in a new year, um, I just wanted to, to to unpack some ideas with you. I want to talk about cultural symbols and Kwanzaa and all that kind of good stuff. So let me say this about culture. That's one of those words we use a lot without really thinking deeply about what it means. But the way I teach it to my students and the way I think it's easy to understand, culture is like a a pair of prescription eyeglasses. Now, those of us who wear contacts and eyeglasses, you're going to get this a little bit faster than everybody else. Um, You know, how we see the world is directly impacted by what we're looking through to see the world. For example, if I take my glasses off, I see shapes, fuzzy shapes at that. (laughs) There is no clarity. There is no detail. And really, it can be difficult for me to negotiate my environment without a lens that that can bring some clarity to the situation. That's what culture is like. When we're in the world, culture becomes a lens through which we understand the world. We perceive the world. We have some general outline of where things are, what things are, so on and so forth. And it's important that we understand that culture is always operating. Culture is always operating. You know, Nicole Hannah-Jones, and y'all know I'm not a big fan. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Nicole Hannah-Jones had an interview this past week, and they were asking her about the, the critical race theory disputes in U.S. public schools. And the reporter slipped and asked her about parents and then asked her about black parents. And that's how culture shapes the world. That's an example of how culture shapes the world. So this white man speaking to her sees parents as white in his mind and therefore needing no descriptor. 
right? Parents believe X, Y, Z. And then when he got ready to talk about black parents, he had to add a descriptor because that's not the norm for parenting in his mind. That's how culture works. That is often deeply embedded in our language choices. Um, It's deeply embedded in how we understand and position ourselves in the world. And it can become like the water to the fish. It's not something we typically think about until we're called on the carpet to it. Okay, so when we say back to him, well, why did you or Tony Morrison made the point that in the United States, only white people are Americans and the rest of us have to hyphenate. That says something about the cultural psyche of the society in which we live. And so I want to I want to preface all of what I'm about to say by giving you that working definition of culture. It gives us um, Wade Nobles talked about a general design for living. It tells us what's normal and what's not normal. It tells us what's important and not important. And it does help us understand how to approach the world. Again, it's like the glasses for somebody who's (laughs) very, 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 very nearsighted. Um, It shows us how to how far things are away, where I've come from, how to negotiate where I am, so on and so forth. All right, so that's culture generally. Now let's talk about cultural symbols. Every culture uses symbols to communicate subconsciously and consciously information to the people within the culture. This is why during the birth of the most um, notable civil rights movement in this country, um, you have all these Confederate statues being erected. Now note Many of those Confederate statues that we're now trying to get removed were not erected during Reconstruction. (laughs) They were erected as Black people began to become more vocal about their rights to full citizenship, okay? Because the Confederacy became a cultural symbol for some white people to communicate to others their sense of superiority and historical manipulation and domination of other peoples. All right? And so every time a white child sees one of those things, then the makers of the statue's desire was that they be reminded of certain principles for living. All right? So cultural symbols do that. Malefe Asante reminds us that in African thought, there's no such thing as art for art's sake, that many of the things that we look at that we use, that we use to decorate our homes and our bodies, have messages tied to them. And if we're smart, they're cultural symbols that remind us of specific principles for how we should live and how we should negotiate life. All right? So that's what a cultural symbol is. Now, let me let me bring all this to Kwanzaa. You know, um, let me, I, I often talk bad about social media. Now, y'all know I'm addicted to it. You know I use it, but I do criticize it sometimes. But I want to say today that I think social media is probably ext- one of the factors, not all of the all of it, but one of the factors that has increased the celebration of Kwanzaa in our communities as of late, because other people who may not may have been hungry for it, but did not know how to practice it. There's more information readily available. You see other black people doing it. You can, uh, I saw somebody asking the other day where 
he could get a Canara and then other people are telling him where you can go get this, the candle holder, uh, so on and so forth. So I think social media, I want to just say thank you. If You know, in African thought, speaking of culture, in African thought, especially in the spiritual traditions, there is no idea of good versus bad, really. There is a notion of balance. I'm not going to nerd out. The word is complementary polarities. Um, that, for example, you may have heard me say this before. You cannot know cold if you do not know hot. And therefore, they're not true opposites. They're complementary in nature because one is needed to understand the other. Right. That's typically how Africans see power um, and tools and weapons. They're neither good nor bad. They are neutral and they can be manipulated for good or bad. But the thing itself is neutral. I think social media is like that. It's neutral. It's how we choose to use it that can either benefit our lives or uh, detract from them. So in the case of Kwanzaa, I think we see a beautiful use of social media to help spread information about the the holiday slash celebration to others. Um, I I do want to caution us because as is cap as capitalism works, that as more of us understand what Kwanzaa is, I don't want us to lose the anti-materialization of Kwanzaa. I don't want to see it commodified. Now, I do want us, we should be making money off of our own culture. So I hope that we see some Black manufacturers of Kanaras and Black bookshops carry more of the implements, the makekas, the unity cups, the Kanaras, the candles, um, dried corn, pumpkins, you know, the things we, we decorate with. Um, Zawadi, handmade gifts, things like that. Um, I just don't want us to let go of the celebration or lose what it is in terms of a cultural symbol. So let me go back. So Ma'alana Karenga started Kwanzaa in 1966 as a cultural celebration. Now, I have seen idiots on social media because remember, it's neither good nor bad, it's neutral. Um, Talking about Kwanzaa is not a real holiday because it was created. Who going to tell them that all holidays are created, baby? All of them. What you mean? Do you mean because it was created by a black man? Who still Is that what you mean? That's still alive? I think maybe that's what you mean. But it's still a holiday. All right. Kwanzaa is real. And it, yes, it is the creation of U.S. born Africans. As is jazz. Okay. As is the blues. As is gospel as is a whole lot of stuff, all right? Um, So there's nothing wrong with Kwanzaa being started as recently as it was started. I think what's important for us to pay attention to is that it was intentionally designed to support, empower, and elevate our people. So we should be happy about that, that we can trace its origin. Not to commodification, but for a deliberate desire to elevate and empower our people. How beautiful is Why wouldn't anybody black want to celebrate that? Well, I know one of the reasons, and let me say something about that. Some folk believe 
that you have to divest yourself completely of Christmas in order to celebrate Kwanzaa. That ain't true. I'm telling you, I am big on Christmas because it's family time. I love Christmas. And on the 26th, I'm ready to jump into Kwanzaa. All right. So I don't think you have to sacrifice one or the other. And I there, it, so if you're on the, the bubble and you want to celebrate Kwanzaa, but you don't want to not celebrate Christmas, let me assure you that it is OK to celebrate both. And I want to say this also about blackness. You know, I have a course on the website. It's called How Do We Learn to Be Black? There is a whole theory of why we got these faux tips. Telling us that we can't, don't celebrate the white man holiday. You know, they go, they just jump into the extremism of being black. There's a, there's a theory that explains that. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go to the website or on Instagram. Get I click the link in my bio and you can see that course. How do we learn to be black? But don't let anyone convince you that you cannot celebrate Christmas and Kwanzaa. There are many of us. I probably would say the vast majority of those of us who celebrate Kwanzaa do both. All right. Now, our celebration of Christmas may not look the same. It may. Like Christmas for me has not changed. But some people uh, retract on the materialism of Christmas and elevate the other parts, the familial traditions. Um, But you don't have to. You can do both. All right. So that's just my shameless plug. For those of you who are interested in celebrating Kwanzaa, but you feel a little tug, um, just know that you can do both. It's okay. It really is. Um, but let's go back to uh, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa it is created, uh, was created as a kind of harvest festival, right? Throughout the African world, different cultures have... Ways of celebrating and giving gratitude for the harvest. Kwanzaa is our celebration of that. Now, we're not an agricultural society as much anymore. I see more and more black people turning back to that, and I'm happy about it. Um, But even those of us who are in urban cities, I'm not in an urban area. (laughs) I don't know why I said those of us. Uh, But who are in urban areas, uh, we still reap, right? We still sow and reap. And Karinga uh, uses the harvest to symbolize the importance of using these cultural symbols and principles to help us remember that how what we plant, we indeed harvest, right? Nguzu Saba, our first fruits. What are we harvesting from our year of living? What are we harvesting and sowing as we enter into the new year? Okay, so I wanted to say that about the principles of Kwanzaa. I also want to say this about the principles of Kwanzaa, and then I'm going to let you go because I'm not going to be before you long. You see how the Baptist minister came out? That's daddy. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, I want us to approach our cultural symbols from our cultural center. And so let me issue this reminder. As I said earlier, Africans are holistic in nature, philosophically, and we think about the connections between things rather than the hard and fast boundaries between things. We are not an either or people. We are a both and people. 
part of our discomfort in the world as it currently exists um, is that we're often made to choose certain things. So, for example, uh, those of us with an entrepreneurial spirit sometimes feel like we're not true entrepreneurs because we have a nine to five. That's a very Western way of thinking that I can't do both things. Right. Um, anyway, I'm not going into that. Maybe that'll be a podcast for another day. <laughs> um, but it's important that we that we um, we think deeply about or we, we think through that philosophical stance as we understand the principles of Kwanzaa. And here's what I mean by that. Each day, seven days of Kwanzaa has a principle, Moja, for example, Kujijakalia, and so on and so forth. And although we light the candle for that principle and discuss that principle on that day, remember that by the end of the seven days, all seven candles are lit. In other words, there is not a hard and fast boundary between where one principle ends and another one. Another one begins. They are made to be understood and celebrated collectively, although we concentrate on an individual principle per day. So today is Kujijakalia. It's the second day of Kwanzaa 2021. Let me give you an example. So yesterday was Moja, which is about unity, familiar unity, community unity, intergenerational unity, and Pan-Africanism. Okay, so we thought about unity on yesterday. That that was our primary focus was unity. Um, And Kwanzaa, I'm sorry, Karinga tells us that it's the first principle of Kwanzaa because it's probably the most important. It's the foundational principle. There's the clue right there. So now today is Kujijakalia, which is self-determination, the right to name ourselves, define ourselves for ourselves. To name ourselves, define ourselves for ourselves, right? We don't enter that principle without thinking about Umoja as the foundation for the principle. Hear me closely. Kujijakalia, self-determination, is a collective enterprise. Now, at the micro level, Yes, we have the right to define ourselves for ourselves, by ourselves. But at the, the, the holistic level, that definition is informed by the group. In black cultural ethos, we call that expressive individualism. That you as an individual have a right to define yourself. But how you define yourself has an impact and a bearing on the whole. And the whole's job is to help you define yourself in a way that's fulfilling to yourself and to the community. It's not about being self-sacrificial. I said this um, in the class last night, so I shouldn't give it to you because you're not enrolled in my Kwanzaa for Strategic strategic Planning class, but I am going to say this. As we define ourselves... We do so with the support of the community. And as black folk, primarily socialized in the West and affected heavily by Westernization, we sometimes find it difficult to allow the community 
to help us define ourselves. So, if Tiffany has defined for herself that I'm an, a business owner, I'm an educational consultant and a life coach, right? That's how I'm choosing to define myself. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Tiffany finds it difficult to ask other folk, even other folk I'm very close to, for help. That's not how it's supposed to work. Remember, this is unity and self-determination. So once I've determined that this is what I want to do, I'm supposed to rely on my community, not exploit. Okay, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about exploitation. But I am supposed to turn to my community for guidance and support. Let's go back to Umoja for a second because even we didn't talk yesterday, but I got to say this part about Umoja because I don't want it to be missed. When Karinga writes about Umoja, unity, he is clear that it is not just an abstract principle. It is an act. Right? You can't just say, I'm unified with black folk. I love black folk. I, this, no, what does your action evidence? Can I see your unity in your day-to-day choices? And he writes about uh, Malcolm X's insistence that to be unified with the community is to be actively engaged in organizations and institutions that support community well-being. So you can't just say, we need more unity, we need more unity, and you not out there belonging to an institution that's building more unity or supporting the community through unified efforts. You can't do that. Then you're a hypocrite if you're doing that. All right. So as we move forward through our celebration of Kwanzaa, I just wanted to drop this here that don't just drop a principle. Speaking of dropping, don't just drop a principle on the day it ends. So Moja is not something that we don't pick up again for our next six days. No, Moja is present and undergirds the next six days. So think about as we build the strategies for living that these cultural symbols are meant to give us. And the reason the Kanara sits on the Makeka or the straw mat is to symbolize that underneath that unity, underneath the self-determination, underneath the creativity and the purpose and the faith, the collective work and responsibility and cooperative economics, you know what's underneath that, what the Makeka represents? Your ancestors. Their way of understanding the world should help shape our way of negotiating this place. All right? All right. That's all I came to tell you. I want you to spend some good time with yourself. You know, sometimes during the holidays, we can feel pretty lonely. I I don't want that for you today. I want you to go deep inside. Connect to those ancestors that give us our general design for living. That give us our culture. Show them appreciation and then talk to them, sit with them, be with them, and help them define you. All right? All right. I'm here for you if you need me. You can always visit www.tellemtiptoldyou.com or send me an email at drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. I'm recording an interview today. So next Monday's episode, we're going to have a guest I'm one of my friends who's an author. We're going to talk about storytelling and women's writing and all that kind of good stuff. All right. All right. Y'all have a beautiful rest of your day.
Be self-determined, y'all. Tell them Tip told you.